Hi, I'm Carrie Butler, and you're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I have a special offer for my listeners. You can get my new course at carriebutlercoach.com slash broadwaypodcast. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Once I played a penny who just couldn't stop the beat. Yes. All her skates on her feet Of course it's recently to A real cool mom Musical version of Tina Fey Tina Fey Now come with me Miss Carrie Butler Together you and I Are breaking Broadway Hello, welcome to Breaking Broadway Today's guest is my voice teacher Of 20-something years (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't say that Something (laughs) And um, probably coaches Every single Broadway star You are in awe of Uh, And she works on tons of shows Her name is Liz Kaplan Thank you for being here, Liz I'm overjoyed to be here talking to you, Carrie Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you tell everybody a little bit about how you got your start? Did you always want to be a voice teacher? That's such a great question and an interesting one because the answer, if I had a crystal ball back then, mm-hmm. would have been, yes, absolutely. Really? Yeah. I mean, because I have been coaching since I was 14 years old. <laughs> what? When I was in junior high. <laughs> I was working on all the local shows, whether they're in my school or in the community. And um, as a result, people wanted to study. So literally, my parents would drive me to people's houses and I'd coach people, sort of like just like, you know, in the car on the way to somebody's house and just do an hour lesson and then come home and do my homework. But how did you even know to teach? How to teach them at 14? Had you already been taking lessons yourself? Yeah, I had been taking lessons since I was about 12. And it wasn't so much that I knew so much much or figured I knew so much then, it was really, truly instinctive. Wow. I played and I played for myself and I could accompany. So I would always be able to coach people working on material. Uh And people started asking me, well, how are you singing the way you're singing? And how are you having uh, seamlessness between sort of like your lower register and your middle register? And I want to do that too. Can you help me? So I basically had a full practice when I was 14 years old, and that lasted through the end of high school. (laughs) Then when I went to college, when I went to college and I was a voice major, uh, and also I was in the music school and the school of theater, um, people in the school of theater at that time did not have access to vocal lessons. They just didn't include singing as part of the theater degree back in the 70s. So I kind of came on board and worked with everybody in the theater department and the theater school and coached there. So I literally put myself through college coaching. 
Wow. Lessons were about $5 an hour. <laughs> Everyone now is going, yikes, add some zeros and you yes. have today. Yes, I was going to be like, it's a little bit more today. <laughs> Hello, that's 40 plus years later. Yikes. But yeah, so, um, but look, that wasn't my goal. That was something I actually simply just did. I never questioned it. I just did it. I enjoyed it. And it's one of those sort of stories, like I said, like crystal ball and then 2020, hindsight is 2020, that I look back and I think it's really what I was meant to do. Yeah. But I sort of did the same thing a lot of us do where we're not sure uh, if we're on the right track, but I wanted to be an actor and I wanted to be a singer. And I also wanted to be a singer songwriter. And I played tunes and I played in piano bars when I first came to New York. Oh. I was playing gigs from like eight p.m. till 4 a.m. and then teaching during the day. So it was like a very wow. full life even back in the early part of my career. But um, in as much as I kept doing that and I would go to auditions, but I end up feeling more analytical about the process rather than creative and in it and inspired inside of it. So I slowly started music directing and coaching still, and then performing gigs here and there. And then one day I said, you know, I feel like I'm doing too much. I'm doing, I'm kind of spread very thin all over the place. I'm running and doing singing gigs in Fire Island, and I'm musical directing uh, a summer theater in Connecticut, <laughs> and I'm coaching in New York City all at the same time, like three days here, three days here, two days here. And I finally said, I wonder what would happen if I just like decided I'm going to just coach and teach and what would happen. So I didn't quite like hang out a shingle, but I just made that conscious decision to say, this is the thing I think I love the most because I didn't need so much applause anymore in my life to sort of feel validated. Mm. I liked the concept of sharing with somebody what was happening with their voices, helping them translate it for themselves. And as a result the gratification of them thinking that they just felt something different mm -hmm. and experiencing their voice in a different way was more like thousands of people applauding me Aww. with just one person allowing me to help them. So the decision was made and that's, I did that probably from the time I was 27. That was when I made like life decision. Yeah, because by the time I had gone to you, you were only a coach. Right? I was teaching <clears throat> and coaching, yeah, only. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was like, <clears throat> what, 19, should we say it? Oh, it was 1993. Right. Yes, that's right, right. Um, so I had, I hadn't done any Broadway by that point. Right. I had just done the Oklahoma tour, and where right. I played Ado Annie. Right, right, right. And I, uh, while we were in Italy, I ended up, my voice was getting raspier and raspier mm. on this tour, and then I literally couldn't say no. It was like, just air would come out. I, like, and wow. I was freaking out. I went to a doctor. He didn't speak English, and I was Scary. so scared. I was never going to sing again. Came back to the United States, and um, I went to a doctor, and they said, I, was, I had nose. I had to have an operation. And then I went to, got a second opinion, and they said, you know what, just rest your voice for a month, and you know, learn how to sing correctly. Was that Dr. Libin? I don't. Back in the day? I don't think it was because, no. you know, I had, didn't, I really wasn't in the business. That was my first show I'd right. really ever done. Right. So I didn't have those connections. I remember Lee Silverman, I think that's his name, who gave me your, who referred me to, he was in our show um, and he was taking lessons from you. He was in the ensemble of Oklahoma. Wow. 
And uh, going back in the Rolodex yes, in my mind. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I, I didn't talk for a month, and this was before cell phones. So I would walk around with a chalkboard, and right? Go to bars with my friends you and write text notes. Anybody? Yeah, for on my phone, if people called me, I would um like hit one button for yes, two buttons for no. <laughs> but I really didn't talk for a month, yes. and then I started taking lessons with Liz, and she taught me how to sing correctly. Although I think that I was also screaming a lot in the show, like screaming. We, yeah. I don't remember if we had microphones, but I know I was not speaking correctly as well. Mm-hmm. And so you taught me that too. And knock on this glass table. Uh, I never had problems again, like serious problems. I mean, right now I have a cold. And so, <laughs> but now I you know still how sound to- really clear though that you have a cold, but we wouldn't know and, if you opened your mouth and started singing and I can right now. Still hopefully do the shows um, because you've taught me how to sing around that. And one of the big mistakes that I used to make would be that I would push through it right? instead of just letting it be what it's going to be and actually sing lighter. Well, yeah. And I think, first of all, that was such a long time ago when I'd already been teaching a pretty long time, but I saw and heard such a raw talent in you. Now, it wasn't even raw. It was like developing amazing and the quality of your voice. And I remember thinking to myself, we're going to get her out of this and we're going to do it carefully mm-hmm. and slowly. And we both had to have patience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the thing that we mostly talked about was how important it was to take a minute and calm your breath down mm-hmm. and just make sure that you were getting air in your sinuses because allergies have been right, a thing right. for all of us, certainly. But there was that was one of the parts of the whole thing. And just trying to, the navigating for sure is, is the, the aspect of what we dis- discussed and worked on. But it was how to make sure that you warmed up yes. so that you yes. felt like you did not have to push. Mm-hmm. Warming up is so underrated by so many still to this day where people get so surprised if they don't warm up and they go and do their show and suddenly they get so, so fatigued and so fried vocally by the time the second act comes and you realize that it's a muscle, they're muscles, and you have to make the coordination happen between breath and sound. And if you coordinate the all the muscles that are working and also work on what's going on with your alignment of your body, mm-hmm. how you hold your head and neck, and all these things that are so important to vocal production, that your voice will get to a point where you'll be in the quote zone and you won't feel like you have to like drop out of that, certainly during the course of your performance and then ultimately eight shows a week. Um, every day I still do a half hour warm up to your tape from I think maybe two tape. years ago. Oh no, it's not a tape. It's on my phone, so it's a recording. <laughs> but it's from like two years ago. I do the same exact one every day. So I memorized even our conversation that we're having <laughs> in the lesson, <laughs> um, which we always have right. because it's, I always love feedback. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you feeling? Um, what does this make you feel like? And are you hearing the differences between where it was and where it is now? Yeah. And I think one thing that a trap that I fell into was I'm a big belter. Mm-hmm. And yes, you are. When, and my voice can be very powerful, but so I like to feel it. Yes. But it doesn't always actually sound good when I'm feeling it. <laughs> it's actually better. You really helped me with my mix so that I have one voice from my chest all the way up to my head. And there's no nothing in between. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. 
Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Well, I think working with you specifically, and this is fully the truth, is when I coined to myself the phrase, the chest-dominated mix where oh. where you feel that you're not having to take your, quote, belt or your chest voice up so, so high and then suddenly feel that there's a breaking yes. point because the pressure is too great and the air is just not connecting anymore. Instead, working on sort of the middle register down and the middle yep. register up and then kind of making a compote out of it and kind of combining them. So just as you said, there becomes a seamlessness throughout the entire register. Mm -hmm. And another thing I love about you when we were working, um, you know, during that time is that you would like sleep on stuff. I think also when we're in our most relaxed state Mm -hmm. and getting not necessarily REM sleep, but we're having sort of dreamlike sleep or we're kind of our minds, our bodies are calm and our voices are calm and muscularly we're completely letting go. It's really some of the only opportunities we have to sort of do that kind of you can call it channeling, you could call it just freeing the mind and and things that maybe were there in the first place are able to come up. So I did that with you and I Mm -hmm. sort of said, oh, because I, but I do in the teaching, you know, privately especially is I'm sort of entering people's entire bodies and feeling where they're holding tension and I sort of metabolize it for myself and then I'm digesting it, processing it, and then I come up with So I feel everything. It's like it's being an empath, but also being able to um, be sensitive enough to what the person in front of me is going through and where they're tightening, maybe why they're tightening there, asking lots of questions Mm -hmm. and sort of helping the person through them helping me by telling me, oh, well, I slept really badly last night or I had a bad day yesterday or something didn't go right and you know, I said, where would you say you're holding that, that thought or that tension? They'll say, oh, my stomach is locked up. My lower back is locked up. My shoulders, neck, head, you know, throat, mm-hmm. jaw, tongue. And I just sort of deduce from all of the above um, what is the best 
sort of case scenario for getting you through all of that and still getting your best sound. Mm-hmm. And, and that's another thing that I do. I do um, yoga uh, yes, a lot. Perfect. Big stretches before, right before I do a show because also you recommended getting like deep tissue massages. Uh-huh. And the first time I did that, so somebody like will walk on my back. The first time I did that, my voice like flew out of me. Yeah, it's amazing. Any kind of modality that you do where you're moving, stretching, getting blood oxygen going, working out, you know, tensions and muscle tissue fibers um, is going to free the whole area around your larynx and vocal cords. And especially, you know, Besides the trying times we're living in at the moment, which are intensely trying, and it, I think the wear and tear does show up in our physical bodies, and mm-hmm. including we clench to like hold on for dear life, and the clenching is going to make you not breathe, mm-hmm. or the breath is going to come in quite shallow, and that shallow breath is going to make you kind of feel like you're breathing from sort of like the top of your chest. And then the rest of your body is not involved. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be harder to get the sound you want. And if you're used to a certain sound, that's when people start pushing. So yoga and movement, even such gentle movement, even like um, Tai Chi and Pilates and things that you're actually being so aware of your body and also finding on a certain day that your limitations physically today are different than they were the day before, or your freedom today is different than it was the day before, is so reassuring to open up the mind, which opens up the breath, which gets blood and oxygen flowing, which gets spinal fluid moving. The whole thing that you were experiencing, my mind just went to, oh, well, your spinal fluid was completely moving through your back into your cervical vertebra, your neck, and into the skull in your head, which is why you took a breath in and your sound just went flying out because you weren't breathing, holding somewhere, and then trying to speak or sing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> ah, just the season. <laughs> um, so now Liz yeah. is moved into a whole other part of her career where she is the musical supervisor or vocal vocal, vocal supervisor in tons of Broadway shows. Yes. What is that like? What does that entail? Well, uh, basically what I'm doing, and it started in about 2008 with uh, Jason Robert Brown's 13. Mm. And he and Tom Kidd had asked me to come and sort of rescue the kids whose voices were changing because they were all in puberty. Yes. Kind of in puberty, entering puberty, in the middle of puberty. So it was, there were a lot of vocal, as you would imagine, changes going on hormonally and vocal cords with the boys, you know, Adam's apple dropping. So I went on a rescue mission to Goodspeed Opera House where they were doing the show out of town. And as a result, they asked me to be on board with the whole production because things changed so quickly and drastically throughout that whole run. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning of being sort of in the theater with the people involved in the show and the teams. And gradually I was asked to become part of other shows and other, you know, teams of uh, shows that were coming to Broadway, originating, all of that. So um, basically the supervisor position slash consultant, depending upon the title, is just my overseeing the production and making sure everyone's healthy vocally. Mm -hmm. The shows obviously nowadays are really hard on people's voices and just kind of making sure before anything happens, it's sort of to make sure uh, in a cautionary way to... uh, get on top of things before they get to a point where somebody is, you know, in peril vocally. Right. Uh, what 
do you see in this job, like what are the biggest challenges for people doing eight shows a week? Well, the eight show a week schedule, mm -hmm. dot, 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 exclamation point, um, is quite demanding on a human body in general. Yeah. Um, are you eating correctly for yourself? Are you eating correctly for the energy you need for your show? Are you having enough protein on a daily basis? Because interestingly, when you are depleted of protein, which could be for, you know, people who eat animal protein, which is, you know, fish and chicken and, and red meat, which I don't recommend because it takes so long to digest. Or if you're a vegan or vegetarian, which is, you know, tofu and beans and any kind of protein source you, you like. Um, the vocal cords and the larynx specific, specifically, uh, the larynx will not drop in and end up being able to anchor and then move flexibly if you are depleted in protein because protein wow. affects blood sugar levels. And if you don't have your blood sugar sort of steadily going, it's going to be really hard to drop into your voice. And that's when people also start kind of pushing and then using their neck muscles yes. to overcome what's not flexibly moving in your throat. So I'm always asking questions of everybody. What are you eating? What do you like to eat? What digests easily for you? Um, and then of course, you know, are you getting enough, enough sleep to be able mm -hmm. to do your shows? And, um, what are you doing for warmups? What are you doing to get your physical body ready to go for the physicality of the movement of the show, as well as the vocals of the show? Mm -hmm. In addition to being the vocal consultant on Broadway, you're also working in film now, right? Yes. I've had the unbelievable opportunities to work with uh, several of the lead actors in the film Coco that Pixar did. Oh. So I worked with Benjamin Bratt and, and Gael Garcia Bernal. And then I worked extensively with Hugh Jackman, Michelle Williams, and Zac Efron on The Greatest Showman. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was great. And then most recently, I started work on the prom film, oh. which I know everybody's anticipating. And it's been announced uh, that Keegan-Michael Key is going to be in it. So I've had the pleasure of working with him and preparing him for his role. And then I have been working with the lead actress who um, has yet to be announced. But I heard it's a very big star. It's a, it's not, no, <laughs> she's not a big star. She's going to be to be discovered. Oh. She's going to be an introducing actor. Oh. So yeah, and okay. she's quite lovely. Oh, that's great. Yes. And then as well, I'm working as the supervising vocal consultant on the Lin-Manuel Miranda-directed Tick, Tick, Boom film. Exciting. So we're not talking about who's doing it yet because it's still TBD, mm -hmm. and um, but that's going to be a thrill. Great. Yes. Um, and now we're in cold season. I have my cold. So yes. let's just share our tips. <laughs> let's do. Well, you know, there are so many things. I personally always want people to try to get through whatever they end up getting hit with um, homeopathically. Yeah. I feel like when we put synthetic medications into our body, um, it, does, it doesn't allow our own immune systems to fight off things. And then you start depending on those medications. Um, and then you end up depending upon them. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing is clearly sometimes you have to go west with medication. Right, right. And in theater, 
people hate being out for uh-huh. more than and one show. And a cold show. is actually like the worst thing that can happen to well, you when you know, you're in, for me at least. It is. But, and let week. me tell you what happens when you get a cold. And the cold, obviously, the I think um, medi- the medical science is still trying to figure out why the cold. How can we get colds? Um, what happens actually physically inside the the head is that the sinuses get so congested that both the hard palate and soft palate get weighted down with all the congestion Mm -hmm. from the buildup of either swelling or inflammation or excess mucus. And when the palate is dropped down, the larynx thinks, "Uh uh-oh, something's going on, and it goes, and it comes up. And the tongue... An involuntary muscle also goes, okay, wait, I need to protect the throat. And the base of the tongue pulls back. So I always refer to that feeling as almost you're in letterbox format. When you're singing, it feels like you're in a teeny tiny box and you breathe in and you're expecting to have this big, wide open hippopotamus throat-like space. And instead you have like literally a tiny rectangle. Mm. And so that's when we start trying to push really hard because we don't have the same space. So it's, it's necessary to try to warm up doing uh, exercises that acknowledge and get inside the heaviness that is on the palate and try to move it around a little bit. Clearly, we can't miraculously, you know, release all that's sitting there, but we can, I call it poking holes in it, so you at least can feel some space and you're not feeling so weighted down literally internally in your mouth and throat. Yeah, and I know you always do like tongue stretches during that time too, always, but especially during that time, so I'll like stretch out my tongue before I go on stage. Yeah, because you don't want the base of the tongue as a result of the stuffiness to keep pulling back because then you're going to have a way shorter um, space to get sound out. Mm -hmm. Uh, So some of my pointers for when I start to feel something, I will... um, much to my husband's dismay, eat raw garlic the night before. <laughs> I know. Sorry, husbands and um, wives all over the place and, and lovers then, and partners. And then I will try and sweat it out. Mm. Like, so I'll put like lots of clothes on, go to sleep after eating raw garlic. Um, oh, I have this new thing that I do. I don't oh, know don't, if you've tell heard me. It. You probably have. The Navaj. You know what? It's so funny. Somebody just mentioned that to me, like, I want to say two days ago. Yeah. What is this that you're doing? So it's this machine that has you has packets, saltwater packets, and you put in purified water, and then it's like a suction. It goes, so it's basically, um, what are those things called? The, the neti pot. The neti pot. It's basically that, a powered neti pot. Whoa. And it vacuums it out, and then you can see whether you had mucus or not in the bottom of it, and you dump it out and clean it out. Of course, you and I love this stuff. I know. <laughs> and I must say that mucus is a word that I must use 100 times a day. <laughs> And we're probably everybody listening will probably start laughing because it's the re- we're in the field and the in the business where mucus is like a daily conversation. <laughs> it's like, what's yours like? What color what is color, it? Yes, is it thick? Is it is it clear? Is it yellow? Is has it gotten green? If it's green, you have an infection. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure we take a look at that. Um, but we we have to because. Mm-hmm. We're in an allergic time in general. I mean, season to season, it's really tricky to navigate what goes to the what happens to the body, and we all just immediately think, "Oh no, what's going on?" And you think, "Okay, wait, it's allergies. Let me attack this right 
first homeopathically and see what's going on. Um, the Navage sounds great. It feels like what the doctors are using in their offices now to pull oh. out congestion in the sinus passage. Speaking which of is, doctors, we should give a shout out to... Dr. Dahl. Oh, Dr. Dahl. That's Linda okay. Dahl. Yeah, Linda Dahl. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We yes. love her. Good friend, dear person, amazing physician. Also um, very homeopathic. She is so great because of that. She um, will initially see what you can do without having to medicate. Mm -hmm. And then if, obviously, if things are just like too far gone and it's going to take, it'll take more time, obviously, to treat things homeopathically. Um, and that's the thing. You have to have patience. And a lot of people don't want to be gone to one, two, three, four, a week of shows. Yeah. So that's when medication comes in and kind of pushes everything along. And I understand that. I wish that wouldn't have to be the case. Yeah. But... You know, people. I mean, wanna... I have taken steroids. Yeah, and mm -hmm. uh, I take them. You know, if there's a really right when a show is opening, you can't miss, or the critics are coming. That's always exactly. when you get sick or something like that. Right, and you have. I mean, I I felt like I had to take them, and you know, it didn't really mess me up or anything like that. I think for short term, it's fine, and also they're like the ultimate anti-inflammatory. Right. Um. But talking about things that are homeopathic, yeah. what what happens when we get inflamed, which causes us to have either allergies and the allergies go south and we get a cold or whatever, um, I always like to do massive doses of the vitamin ester C. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, It's a harder core than just like emergency, which I feel like you go in and suddenly you're like going to the bathroom and you have to take more and it goes through too quickly. Ester C seems to stick more. Mm -hmm. And I do sometimes upwards when I'm getting something and I feel like, okay, I better get on top of this. I'll do like 10 to 12,000 milligrams in a day mm. of those. And I also, the, all the anti-inflammatory homeopathic, uh, quote, remedies would be oregano, whether you oh, do the oil. I'm throwing that in my room and I just eat it. Eating oregano like or putting the oil on your tongue. Oh, yes. I heard about that. The oil on the tongue is great because it gets right into the bloodstream really quickly. You like put it on your tongue, a couple of drops, and you have to wait until you feel like the oil is burning down to China. <laughs> and then you swish it around your mouth and get your saliva wrapped around it. And then you swallow it and it goes right into your system. And I've talked to people who I said, you know what? I know you're opening up. You have to get well like now. Mm -hmm. Try this. And literally they'll be like, okay, I'm well. <gasps> wow. I did it and I'm well. I personally also love the garlic. Garlic, I had a book. Years and years ago, and I probably told you about this because I've had I had this book twenty plus years ago. It was called Garlic, comma Nature's Antibiotic. Yes, and I don't know where the heck that book went mm -hmm. because it's been I don't know if it got lost between apartments, but um, it talked about how you could take literally like a garlic floret, like one of the little flowers of the yeah. garlic, and just swallow it like you're swallowing a big horse pill. Mm -hmm. And I remember once years ago walking into a supermarket with my husband thinking something's happening. I'm getting sick. Went right to the garlic section, opened up the garlic, pulled out a floret, bought some water, took it in the store. By the time we Did finished Did you chew up, it or just swallow it? I swallowed it. Whoa. Whole. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I peeled it. I peeled it and swallowed it. I did one or two. By the time we left the supermarket, I was well. Wow. And I knew something was getting me. Like I knew it was going to yeah. be bronchitis like any second. I was like, nope. Oh, another thing Dr. Dahl suggested is... Um, this oregano that you can sniff. Oh, Sinurega. Yes. It's it's a saline plus oregano. Yes. Which I actually just bought. I always have things around have the studio uh -huh. to make sure if anybody needs it, I go, here, have this. Yeah. So I just bought like six bottles of that. And it's really, it's 
obviously very strong and spicy, but yeah. it really, really get, it. clears you out really quickly. And I love peppermint oil when the sinuses are really, really shut down. Um, uh, what is the name of the company? It is called uh, Something Living. It's a really famous company. It'll come to me. Um, and the you put a little peppermint oil on your pinky, and you put it underneath your sinuses, and you breathe in, and it starts to literally roto-rooter your sinuses where you were completely congested, and then you could breathe. Mm. I love Zycam, too. Do you like Zycam? Yeah. I think Zycam, if in, if in doubt, and you need to like get things moving through, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But another thing to get inflammation down, strangely, if you like cucumbers and cantaloupe, is do three parts cucumbers to one part cantaloupe. Oh. And together it acts as an anti-inflammatory and it just pulls out any inflammation in your body. Mm. You could juice it or you can have it as, you know, just eating it. Oh, people like that apple cider vinegar too, right? Yeah, apple cider vinegar help in, happens to work also very well. You could do it where you gargle with it and spit mm-hmm. it out, and then you take some and swallow it. Um, and it kind of tends to work through any any of the sort of sinus stuff that goes on and also refluxy stuff as well. Right. And then we love Entertainer Secret. Yes, we do. That is for moisture. Yeah. I find that some people, much like throat coat tea, Yes. Throat coat for some people really, really works. Mm -hmm. For others, it dries them out. So Mm -hmm. I always ask people to try both the Entertainer's Secret and the throat coat and to make sure that you're not getting dry from it. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes people have different reactions because bodies are different. Um, Okay, here's a a crazy question. Uh, You know, I'm doing Beetlejuice now, and we have to scream a lot. And so you taught me... How to scream. We I, did lessons where we, we screamed. Did. We did. I think I remember people going, is everything okay in there? Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to just give people a quick tutorial on what they need to do if they have to scream in a show? Well, there's, you know, there's screaming that, you know, feels blood curdling. And they say blood curdling for good reason because it feels like you're going to... Sophia is your student too, right? Her Sophia. screams are amazing. Yeah, we worked <laughs> really... Sophia and Caruso. Yes, she's awesome. I've been working with her since she did Lazarus oh. off-Broadway. So I got to meet her then and work with her. Um, and then before she went and did it in London. So there... The, I guess the way I would describe screaming would be this. I think the things we all have to do vocally that require us kind of just like you know, balls to the wall situation is just that if you take a breath in Mm -hmm. and over prepare for a scream, you're probably holding your breath. So you end up holding your breath and then all the neck muscles and and muscles around the larynx and the skull starts grabbing. So you're screaming. I'm not going to scream today because I even (laughs) haven't even had my coffee yet. Um, But the idea, and I talked about this regarding also crying on stage and letting tears flow and how do you sing with tears. It's literally the same idea. When I worked with Ben Platt for Dear Evan Hansen, people's questions to me were, how are you, how is he singing words fail at the end of the show while literally like mucusing all yeah. over the place. It's like tears are coming out of his eyes. And did amazing. It was gorgeous. We talked about how you want to, when we cry or when we get upset or when we feel emotional, I had a conversation with an actor about this last week because um, he asked me the same question. And basically the idea is we often feel a slight sense of shame 
when we cry or when we're about to cry and we almost want to apologize that we're crying. So the actor has to let it out and not take a breath or hold it or not think about like, I'm going to cry now. You have to be in the moment, in the character. And when the tears start flowing and when the mucus starts coming out, you can't second guess it. You can't think about it. You have to keep letting it go. So it's that feeling of being very, very exposed, which is really an open. Mm -hmm. It's being open to a degree that you didn't think you could be, but it's letting things flow rather than psychoanalyzing it as it's about to happen or as it's in the middle of happening. You want to keep things going. And that would apply to a scream. Mm -hmm. So based on your question, Uh which is taking a, it's like you want to prepare because you're an actor and you want to save your voice and be able to scream eight shows a week, which is just a crazy, crazy, you know, idea. But taking good deep breaths, like Mm -hmm. deep breaths where the breath doesn't end up getting stopped. It's like big fat breath. It's like if you almost took a breath in through a big ah, and you kept that ah going. Yeah. And then you let sound out through that ah. I always used to say it's like you want to open up the throat and feel like you could drive a car down (laughs) your throat and not have to go honk honk when it turns the corner. Yeah. It has to be like... And then everything comes from that. And so many people, when you stream, like, probably the same thing as crying, you pull your tongue back, and instead you want to push your tongue out. You want to let the tongue be neutral. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> yeah, like, totally neutral. Okay. And if you felt like it, you could take your, your tongue and, like, push it against your bottom teeth, which right. is kind of old school stuff, but if you tend to be the person whose tongue wants to pull back yeah. and, and sort of create a pressure, you want to just, like, you know what it is? If we've all been through it, like, something that was so guttural yeah. in our lives that a breakup or something that just a loss of a, a very close person or a pet, you cry where you have to let it out because you're feeling so deeply. That's the same space that you need for crying continuously without stopping if you're singing and mm. screaming out loud without hesitation, mm. if that makes sense. Do you have any um, advice for people just starting out? Wow. Um yeah, I feel like the the first thing that pops into my mind is if your spirit is so joyous and joyful about the aspect of performing, do not let anyone mm. take that joy. I might tear up right yes. now. Don't let anybody take that joy or spirit from you. If they are in any of in any way possible, run for the hills. Honestly, it goes back to chorus line and Mr. Carp talking to the students and having them being an ice cream cone yes. and this and all that. And then the, the, the actor basically says, I went and found a better class. I found another yeah, class. Yeah. And then I became an actor. And that's what truly came to pass. So you want to surround yourself mm, with teachers and advisors and coaches and even your agents and representatives. And if you don't have agents and representatives, you know, talk to people who, you know, also had to find their way to finding representation. And even those representatives have to be good, kind people who have your best interest at heart. Um, because it's going to be hard to keep moving purposefully forward if you keep thinking that somebody put a word in your mind mm. or a word in your DNA that made you suddenly go, am I doing the right thing? Uh, should I be doing this? No, I mean... Unquestionably, if there's a motivation to be a 
a performer or you found somebody that inspires you or you keep going to see the same show because you can't get over how something palpably changed in you and this is why you wanted to do this, there should be nothing getting in your way. And that includes finding all the right people, all the right teachers and coaches and, and music directors to work with. And, you know, and yes, we're in a tricky business and people have their stuff. And there's always going to be like one person either on a team or one person in the show that's a little bit of a darker energy. Right. But you have to say they have a darker energy for some reason. It's not your responsibility. They have to work that out. You stay on your path. Mm, I love that. It's a good one, right? You yeah. want The first thing that comes to my mind is kindness over anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm sure everyone who's listening to this is wishing that you would give them your vocal tips and your warm-ups, but there is a way for those listening to get that. This is true. So for the past, I want to say 10 years, possibly as long as apps have been in the app store, I was fortunate enough to meet with an interesting crop of people who helped us create what is called a wireframe, and that's how you make apps. And we did a very deep um, internal um, app of all the vocal work that I do. So if you go to the Apple, the App Store, it's um, Liz Kaplan, that's Kaplan with a C, vocal coach. You'll find for male and female um, exercises, and I do physical warm-ups with everybody, and those are on there, so the videos are on mm. there. And... Um, There'll be a smattering of exercises so you'll get to know my technique. And if you do all the exercises on there, because they, they're divided up into different uh, genres of style of singing, rock and pop and country and Broadway That's and all great. that, but they're all applicable to the human voice. Um, it's a really great way. I can't see everybody and, and yes. as much as I would love to because I love doing what I'm doing. Um, and also, FYI, September, this past September, was the start of my 42nd year teaching. Wow. I know, right? So I wanted to be able, so if people are not able to come to New York and yeah. work with either myself or my associate teachers who work with me and teach my technique, um, they're able to go to the app store and like download the app and have some interesting starting points from which to work. We will definitely put a link on our website to your apps. Fantastic. And is there anything else that, is there a way for people to follow you? Anything else that you would want to plug? Yes, um, I'm definitely on Instagram mm -hmm. at Liz Kaplan, my name. And it's just, I like being able to sort of show and showcase the people with whom I get to work. My recent um, months have been keeping Hugh Jackman, <laughs> you know, healthy for his world tour, The Man, The Music, The Show. And he's almost... Done. He's finished in the in the USA, and he's going, I think, to Mexico to do some gigs, but then he'll be done, and it's been a, a, a year of touring, so I've worked with him all along. And also working with Ben Platt has been a, a major, major special um occasion and we got him you know on the today show and and we're I saw you all day with him at his Central Park concert yes right? I was at a global citizens <laughs> with him and I was at Radio City all day long and all night mm -hmm. long with him wow. and just being able to be that person I mean I couldn't have written the script about what my career has turned out yes. to be so sort of flashback flash forward of like did I always want to be a vocal coach if somebody had, if I had talked to psychics back when I was 14, they probably probably would be saying things like, this is your calling, 
keep going. Mm -hmm. And I did keep going and I sort of like deviated a little bit here and there. But honestly, it's really why it's the craziest thing to say, but I definitely was put on this earth to help people with their vocal selves and their vocal careers and their acting and singing anything that they're doing in that way. And I'm just gloriously still happy. And honestly, I'm no longer that young, but I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) And you said yes. When the doors opened, you followed where the doors were opening. Yes, I did. That's a really beautiful way of putting it. I actually never charted this out because, I mean, I had ambition in the sense of wanted to keep finding out new things about the voice and making discoveries and then taking classes with all different kinds of um, teachers and modalities. I took, I trained with modern dance teachers who were working with using voice in their dancing. Wow. And I was working with people doing all kinds of dance therapy and acupuncture and acupressure and all the different kinds of modalities so that I could say, how does all of this apply to the singing voice and to the person who occupies that singing voice. So it's been a, just a beautiful, beautiful journey. And yeah, I said yes because it, it was a continuation in a different capacity of how I could be of service mm. and support. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for healing me and <laughs> helping me to have my career. What a continued joy <laughs> to work with you, help you, and to also thank you so much for having me come on and chat because it was a glorious chat. Thank you, Liz. Love you. Love you, Gary Butler. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Breaking Broadway, produced by Broadway Podcast Network. Opening song by Aaron Accurso and Joey Mazzarino. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, please like, leave a comment, or share with your friends. See you next time for more insider tips to making it on Broadway. Together you and I are breaking Broadway. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.